Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wow, there is a lot to discuss today. Tomorrow is jam-packed. So tomorrow on the show, uh, we will have in-studio guests. We will have phone guests. We're going to talk about critical race theory. We're going to talk about... Uh, The constitutional carry issue, which we'll get to here in a little bit as well. So uh, Tony Kennett is actually in town tomorrow for the event that I'm doing with him on critical race theory tomorrow after the show. He's going to come in studio at 3 o'clock, and we're actually going to have Tony Kennett sitting down with us and talking about this. Uh, Guy Relford is going to be on. He is a Second Amendment um, expert in the state of Indiana. He's been arguing on behalf of constitutional carry in this state. And he is going to be talking about the latest legislative issues. I'm going to get into the state police and Republicans who have made absolute fools of themselves, in my opinion, on this issue over the past couple of days. So we will get into a lot of that stuff. Um, first of all, let's let's go through this. Did I? Well, you weren't doing my show Friday, most of the show, right? Did I mention anonymous on Friday? Okay, so. Uh, all right, I don't, I don't know if I did or did not, and if I didn't, I apologize. Most of you probably know by now the hacker group Anonymous has declared war on Russia, okay? They took down RT News, Russia Today News, all day on Friday. All day. I kept logging back in and trying, because I do. Yes, I know, because I'm a Russian agent. I watch RT News periodically. I look at their stories. I look at Sputnik. I always do. I look at the Chinese propaganda, too. Um, and... It was down all day, all day on Friday. So Anonymous was doing a denial of service attack on them the entire day. And this was, here's the thing. Anonymous, I have my issues with them, but Anonymous occasionally comes through for you. And the Russians basically threatened the West with cyber attacks. And then Anonymous just preemptively launched a cyber attack. And it was glorious. I, you know, next thing you know, Maybe the anonymous cyber attack is what led Russia to put their nuclear forces on alert. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know to what extent the damage was uh, with anonymous, but it has been a fairly successful campaign. YouTube has eliminated the access to Russia's channels in Ukraine. So Russia can't use YouTube in Ukraine for propaganda purposes. Um, and again, I, when I talked about this on my second show today, earlier today, I I said, while we could probably appreciate what they're doing here, it also tells you what they could do any other time they wanted to limit a message getting out. And the very real truth of all of this is, there's been a lot of pro-Ukraine propaganda that is not true. And there's been a lot of anti-Russian propaganda that is not true. The opposite of that is also true. So when you have big tech picking a side, you start to see some issues with the messages getting out. And as I have pointed out earlier, and I know others have as well, Russia is able to continue to operate all of their propaganda Twitter handles, okay? that are out there pushing all sorts of stuff. And I've been watching a lot of them, you know, all sorts of lies about the U S lies about NATO, uh, things like that. And 
they're able to operate on Twitter with impunity. No, nobody's doing anything about that. But Trump can't have a Twitter profile. While he was a sitting president, members of Congress can't have Twitter profiles. I can't have a Twitter profile. What? It, it doesn't make any sense, right? Although, technically, I left the second time I left Twitter. But the first time, I was banned. So, this is this is where you start running into some issues. When big tech picks and chooses, how do you know they're going to pick and choose correctly? For example, the Snake Island heroes, the 13 Ukrainians who said bleep you to Russia and then got killed, didn't get killed. They're alive. They're prisoners. They surrendered. The the ghost of Kiev uh, still appears to be a myth. The reaper of Kiev appears to be real. Do you think that one's a surprise? The Reaper of Kiev, they they had a name on this guy quick. They had pictures of him quick, and it's plausible. And if you don't know who the Reaper of Kiev is, he's a sniper, and he apparently has killed at least 20 Russians, uh, last count, okay? Um, this is another thing you have to look for, though. And, and, and again, I don't know if he's real. I'm just saying he's plausible. The way that the Russians are conducting this campaign makes it super easy for a sniper to take out 20 people, okay? That's just... That's a thing that can happen. But one of the other things you have to look at in these stories um, for these heroes, and I get the Ukrainian people need this, but if the the kill ratio doesn't change after a couple of days and there's no updates or anything like that, either they're dead or made up. So the Reaper of Kiev may very well be real, all right? But the ghost of Kiev still appears to be a myth. And what's interesting about this is that official Ukrainian government accounts are pushing the, the narrative of the ghost of Kiev with using video game cutscenes. still. Those are official government Ukrainian accounts. So if the issue is for big tech, if the issue is we don't want false information to get out there, wouldn't you have to take down the Ukrainian misinformation too? Or do you leave it up? just because it's giving the people of Ukraine hope and everything else. But if you're going to do that, then wouldn't you have to do that with other stuff? Or are you just a hypocrite? Get it? So when it's a cut screen of a video game and the government accounts are pushing it, yeah, you start running into a bit of a problem there. So while I think people are probably on board with censoring Russia and promoting Ukraine at this point, for the most part, you also have to be aware of the strategy and the mindset behind those who have the power to do that. And how will they do that on other issues against other groups in the future? Or how have they done that against others in the past? Oh, I don't know, like January 6th or something like that. So you've got to keep this stuff in mind. There's a lot of propaganda flying as there is in any war. Uh, so a lot of the anti-Russian stuff, not true. A lot of the pro-Ukrainian stuff, not true. And the reverse of both of those, also true. Today, unfortunately, the Russians, I think, have started to say that we're not going to play nice guy anymore. Uh, they have started, they have really started, um, well, they're shelling civilian areas. I don't know how else to say it. Previously, when there were examples of Russians attacking areas where residential apartments or houses were nearby, they didn't appear to be attacking the residential areas. Today in Kharkiv, they do appear to be. All right. They, they've got um, rocket systems. They're being fired very indiscriminately into certain areas of town. 
Kharkiv is a Russian identifying city. So they speak Russian there. It's their main language. They identify pretty much as being Russian, but they are part of the Ukraine. They're not separatists. And they're being attacked. And uh, the images coming out of there are not pleasant. So if if you do run across any video footage or imagery from Kharkiv, just be forewarned, you're going to see some ugly stuff, okay? And I know that a lot of you are not into that and you don't want to see that, and I appreciate it. So I'm just I'm giving you a heads up. Uh, some of the stuff that I am going to post in the Daily Show Prep, as you scroll down, there are warnings, but as you scroll down, you're going to see dead people. You're going to see maimed bodies. It's not pleasant. And these are in civilian areas. These are not areas that there is something of military value there that we're aware of. And then there's just, you know, houses nearby and that sort of stuff. But um, they are really shelling Kharkiv right now, or at least were earlier today. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen beyond that. The talks have been a disaster. They haven't gone anywhere, as you would expect, in day one. The real question is, can they all sit down and negotiate going forward? Um, the Russian propaganda on social media is that the Ukrainians are being unreasonable because the Ukrainians want the Russians out of their country. I'm not making that up. That is true. Okay? The Russians are like, no, that's an insane uh, requirement that we leave your country. Uh, on today's early show, if you go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, I broke down exactly why I think this conflict happened. And it has nothing to do with empire building it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, attacking NATO or embarrassing the United States or anything like that. It has nothing to do with any of that. This actually is a national identity issue coupled with their population. And I had my suspicions about that before, but there was actually a memo that got published on Russian news agencies. And that memo kind of explained why this was happening. And that was pulled down. So there appears to be some truth in my theory about all of this with the, uh, the Russian image of Ukraine and vice versa. I address that in more detail on the earlier show today at rumble.com slash Casey, the host, if you want to go watch that and kind of pick up on that. I'm not going to go over it again now. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Zelensky has filed an application to join the European Union. The head of the European Union said uh, that RT News and Sputnik News are banned in the European Union now. Ukraine belongs to us, she said. So Zelensky's like, all right, cool. We'll f fill out the paperwork and we'll send it off. Uh, this is it. I, do I expect this to go through? No, I don't. But this is very, very, very strange stuff. And you're watching the international community right now. Absolutely befuddled as to what to do. And the answer was given to them years ago, at least four years ago, if not longer, by Donald Trump, and he was laughed at, particularly by the delegations of Germany and uh, who was the, the other one? Ah, there's Germany was the big one that everybody noticed because he specifically addressed Germany buying Russian oil. Germany has now reversed course and has now admitted that Trump is right, and they're actually going to start paying their bill for NATO. Germany's increasing their defense spending. It's almost like they were warned, they ignored it, something happens, and now they realize, crap, Trump was right, we were wrong, and here we go. So they are actually taking those steps. But again, it's a little late for all of that. There's, none of this helps Ukraine at all. I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of people 
from the West who are joining the new foreign legion over in Ukraine. Lots. And I will go over that coming up in just a couple of minutes. And I will even tell you how you can sign up if you are interested in heading over there and fighting on behalf of Ukraine. Because uh, I know that there's a lot of people who might be interested in that. This tends to come up a lot. I know some of you in the audience are probably going, yeah, right. No, there's a lot of Americans who do this all over the world, uh, particularly with the Kurds. Lots of Americans that I follow, um, they fight with the Kurds. They, they go for a few months, they fund their own way, and then they come home. And they do crowdfunding year-round to be able to afford their equipment, their gear, and anything that they need when they go and they fight with the Kurds. Uh, and there's a lot of people in the West that are starting to do that for Ukraine. Ukraine has set up a foreign legion of sorts for that. And what you're seeing now is the governments of the UK and the governments of Canada are very supportive of their citizens going and doing that. They're just not supportive of their citizens driving a truck and parking it in the middle of the street in Ottawa. Those are terrorists, but you're totally allowed to arm up and fly across the world and fight the Russians if you want on behalf of Ukraine if you are a Canadian. Uh, but there are those who might be interested in this. And, you know, if you're a soldier of fortune or what have you, or you're just bored and don't have any family and you want to go fight, I will tell you how to do that. Coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, a couple of good questions came in during the commercial break. And Josh has relayed them to me. First, how can the average person kind of figure out what is and is not real coming out of Ukraine? Um, the the truthful answer to that is it's extremely difficult. It's difficult for us. It's difficult for everybody. They don't have a news media kind of like we do. Um, it's, it you know, you don't speak the language. It's you're relying on interpretations you can use Google Translate on text documents and, and social media posts to kind of help you out with some of that stuff. But at the same time, most of the people posting things are, and I say this respectfully, but they're nobodies. They're just people. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just that they're not an authority. And so you don't know what they're saying is actually real. I'll give you a perfect example. So Miss U, former Miss Ukraine, Anastasia Lena, she has kind of joined the fight here. And But because she's an avid Airsoft player, she's got pictures of her with Airsoft gear and Airsoft guns all over her Instagram. But she's been an Airsoft player for years. And so what's happened is a bunch of people have now just assumed that she's posting propaganda and she's trying to profit off of this when those are just pictures that she had on her Instagram anyway. Just because she posts an update and says, I'm, you know, I'm kind of joining the resistance, if you will, um, now, does that mean that she's going to be a frontline soldier shooting at the Russians? Maybe, maybe not. I was just explaining. There's a, a viral volleyball player, a beautiful young lady who did like a little dance-off and stuff like that. She's on the Ukrainian national team. Uh, ironically, that video that went viral a few weeks ago of her dancing was between a match between Ukraine and Russia, and she was challenging the Russian team to a dance-off during a break, and she was just having a little fun. She's making meals for the the Ukrainian army. She's posting all of that stuff on her Instagram reels. 
So you can see a lot of these like prominent female figures in Ukraine that have now joined and they're they're helping the war effort. They're not just hiding in their house or escaping the country or something like that. But but because there's pictures of this girl with an airsoft gun, which I posted on my Facebook page too, people are like, oh, it's airsoft, it's propaganda. That's not what it was about. I just figured it was more appropriate to post her in an airsoft where she's clearly wearing makeup and her hair is done and you would be able to decipher. Uh, but next time I'll just post the bikini photos and make it a little bit more clear for everybody. So the other question is um, that Zelensky has been accused of bombing others before. I'm going to address that because a lot of Americans are confusing the current Ukrainian regime with Zelensky and the previous Ukrainian regime with Poroshenko. They're two different regimes, two different presidents, two very different mindsets, and Americans are confusing all of them, and they're blaming Zelensky for stuff that Poroshenko did. We'll talk about all that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you want to thank R&B Car Company, visit them online, rbcarcompany.com. So I really have to address this because I actually got a couple of messages on this today about Ukraine and Zelensky. There's a lot of people out there that don't want to help Ukraine. And they don't want to help Ukraine because they think this is the same Ukrainian government that shielded Hunter Biden and threw Donald Trump under the bus. It's not the same government, guys. It's a completely different president. It is a completely different parliament. It is a completely different government. Everything about it is different. And some of the stuff that was posted today is just historically inaccurate anyway. But this is important. The whole Joe Biden, well, son of a beep. When he got the prosecutor fired who's investigating Burisma and Hunter Biden, that was Poroshenko. That is the previous president of Ukraine. That is the president that the current president, Zelensky, defeated. President Zelensky ran on an anti-corruption campaign because corruption in the Ukrainian government was a big problem. Everybody in the West knew this, okay? So Zelensky who is a former television comedian, by the way, Zelensky ran on an anti-corruption platform. He got elected with over 72% of the vote, threw Poroshenko out of office, went in and immediately started clearing out the corrupt oligarch paid for parliament members, cabinet members, government bureaucrats, and that sort of thing. And what happened is, in the West, a bunch of people are like, oh, he's a totalitarian because he's throwing all of these people out. Those were all the people that were corrupt. And he used the law, he used his government's legal power to do it. He didn't do anything that was considered illegal or anything of that nature when it came to uh, reforming his government. So when people say that, you know, hey, this is the same government that refused to, the, the Ukrainians are the same ones who refused to investigate Hunter Biden, that wasn't this guy. That was the previous guy. This guy, I saw this one today. They didn't stick up for Trump when Trump was being accused of, you know, uh, pressuring Ukraine and withholding arms from Ukraine and everything else. That's not true. In fact, President Zelensky, who's only been in office since 2019, okay, he specifically said Trump did not pressure him to investigate Joe Biden. 
he actually did defend Trump. He also said that he didn't want to get involved in interfering in foreign elections and he didn't want to make it a big deal of the campaign. But he was asked and he specifically said that President Trump never pressured me to do anything. We talked about it on this show. Other people talked about it on the show. So when you're seeing all of these posts from these Trump supporters who are like, screw Ukraine, throw them under the bus, they're angry at the corrupt Poroshenko government who is in absolutely in bed with the Biden family and the Poroshenko government were the ones that were helping Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump in the 2016 election. That's who Zelensky replaced. So it would be like you being upset at Donald Trump for something that Bill Clinton did or something. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. So they're completely different governments. They're completely different people, completely different ideologies and everything else. I'm going to give you an example of the type of guy that Zelensky appears to be and why he's so revered by his people. You know how when we have a new president, like government offices have a picture of the new president, except when it's Trump, because then they don't put that president's picture up. But generally speaking, government offices always have a picture of the president, right? Zelensky gave his, his address and he said, don't put pictures of me up. I'm just the president. Put pictures of your family up. That's, that was his introduction, really, to his country. This is not the same regime that was in bed with the Biden family and was corrupt and all of the things that they were doing. Ukraine has a long way to go, but this is the reform government that is designed to fix all of that. That was their entire platform. And he did, in fact, defend Donald Trump and say that Trump didn't do anything wrong. But that all got buried by the U.S. media. And so you've got a bunch of people who, frankly, don't know enough to know that they don't know who are posting stuff for no reason. And they're being angry at Ukraine for, again, literally no reason. Uh, now, I will say this. Uh, going back to, you know, 2014 is when you've got the Crimea situation happening. Um, and then you've got these two separate, uh, se- separate separatist areas in the Donbass region. The Ukrainian government has been accused by the Russians of attacking civilians, shelling civilians, genocide, uh, white supremacy, neo-Nazism, all of that stuff. There's just very little evidence of it. When you have a conflict where both sides are fighting basically from residential areas, um, there are going to be examples of casualties. That is certainly going to be the case. Um, there just isn't a lot of evidence of the Ukrainian people specifically going after some of these areas that are in Crimea or others and just trying to wipe out the population like the Russians have alleged. Did some people get killed? Yeah. Uh, is, is it possible that some of that was avoidable? Sure. I also go back to the other point. That was the previous regime. That was Poroshenko. That wasn't Zelensky. You know what Zelensky ran? He ran on two things. So President Zelensky in Ukraine ran on two things. He ran on one. He ran on a a, a corruption reform platform. And two, unifying in a peaceful manner Ukraine and Russian relations. Okay? That's what he ran on. And he immediately reached out peacefully to Vladimir Putin about peacefully resolving Crimea and Donbass. 
that's what he did. He, he wasn't the one who was pushing some of the military operations that happened under Poroshenko. He wasn't in government then. It wasn't him. So if the excuse is, well, the Ukrainians have done all of this too, and so therefore the Russians can bomb cities on in Ukraine, that doesn't really hold water because that's not the stuff that happened under Zelensky. That's the stuff that happened under Poroshenko. Get it? So... You can say that, okay, Vladimir Putin waited, you know, almost, what, uh, almost three years with uh, relations with Zelensky to finally launch an attack in response and defending these people. But why did he wait so long? The real answer is he wanted to acquire those eastern territories because they want to, to, they want to bring Ukraine back in to the Russian family. Whether that means Ukraine is absorbed as a state or Ukraine is autonomous like Belarus, but they're basically a vassal. If it's a European Union-esque type alliance, whatever. They want the Ukraine brought back in as a part of the Russian family. That's how they view Ukraine. And a lot of people in Ukraine don't agree with that. They don't want it. They want their autonomy. There are some people in eastern Ukraine who identify as being Russian and they want to go back to Russia. And Ukraine probably would have been an easier go of this had they allowed that to happen, but they didn't, and I can understand why they didn't. Uh, but unfortunately, it's kind of led to this. But it is very important that everybody kind of understand that this is not the same regime that has been accused of all of these things in the past. Um, Zelensky is different. I'm not saying that he hasn't made mistakes. I'm not saying that there hasn't been any civilian casualties in the East, the Donbass region or Crimea or anything else as a result of Ukrainian operations. I'm not saying that. But this is a very different government and a very different, you know, policy position on all sorts of stuff than the Poroshenko regime was. And people are conflating the two of them. And that's that's not helping with the misinformation back here in the United States. So when you have people calling up and, you know, asking, well, you know, we've heard that the Ukrainians are doing this and everything else. And there, there's no evidence of Ukraine committing any kind of a genocide anywhere, period. That just doesn't exist. Uh, but you could possibly possibly um use a a a claim against both the russian separatists and the ukrainian military about civilians getting hurt on either side because that has certainly happened we've we've talked about that repeatedly on this show as the war in ukraine has continued to wage before this open hostility with russia um and i used to you know just give periodic, periodic updates every couple of months or so i'll give you an update on what's kind of happening mostly on social media sometimes on the show but it is important um, that people kind of understand that we're talking about different regimes, different governments, different people. It's not the same. Uh, and people are kind of conflating the Poroshenko regime with the Zelensky regime. They're not, they're not the same government at all. So just keep that in mind as you're looking at this. Uh, Russia has also um, said that they will allow the, the International Space Station to deorbit if uh, Europe and the United States go with major sanctions. And I don't know, how many times have you heard me say that having the Russians on the space station was a mistake, Josh? How many times? <laughs> having the Russians and the Chinese on the space station is a major mistake, guys. <laughs> Always been a major mistake. Giant space lasers would have solved this problem. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Elon Musk has stepped in and said that he'll save the the ISS if the Russians do allow it to deorbit. He'll fix it. So, so Elon Musk is the biggest hero uh, for Ukraine in this conflict. And, I mean, he turned on the Internet in Ukraine after the Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian um, vice, vice 
what, vice premier or vice minister or something like that. He reached out to Elon Musk on the internet and said, we need, we need internet. The Russians have basically killed our internet. And he turned on Starlink in Ukraine and got back to him in, in a short period of time. So there's a lot there. So here's the deal. If you want to go fight on behalf of Ukraine, I'll tell you how. Coming up, 95.3 MNC. So people are asking about the labs, the U.S. biolabs. So the U.S. has over 200 military biolabs all over the world. They do have biolabs in Ukraine. Uh, and it is alleged that Russia has hit those biolabs, at least some of them, if not all of them. That has happened. The Russians called attention to U.S. biolabs in Ukraine last year, um, about a year ago, actually. It was in April. And there was uh, calls for international inspect, well, not inspection, investigation into those claims. But the U.S. does maintain biolabs all over the world. And those are typically run by the Army. So there's, it's not a frivolous claim on Russia's part. Uh, but, you know, was there anything actually being done in those labs to threaten Russia? Probably not. If you want to fight on behalf of Ukraine, all you have to do is contact the Ukrainian embassy. They will get you the paperwork. They are taking Foreign Legion applicants right now. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And I would like to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. And again, you can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Um, lots to still get to today. I know that we unpacked a lot in that last hour. There's a ton coming tomorrow, too. Tony Kinnett is going to be in studio. He is in town for the, the uh, education, not indoctrination event that I am a part of tomorrow from Indiana Call to Action, and that is going to be a great event. Hopefully you had RSVP'd and you got your tickets and all of that stuff. Otherwise, you'll have to wait for the next event, but uh, definitely tech, check uh, Indiana Call to Action out because they're a great organization. They put a lot of cool events like this. A lot of great speakers have come through, and I'll be a part of that. But Tony's going to come in at 3 o'clock. He's going to be in studio. We'll chat with him about critical race theory for a little bit. And also tomorrow, the gun guy from WIBC, Guy Relford, is going to be joining us as well, talking about Indiana constitutional carry and what has happened with the legislation, why it's stalled, how it might be revived, and some of the, I will just call it some of the, the weak comments from Republicans in our state government. We'll, we'll just call it that, and uh, we'll be polite when we say that because oh boy uh hey look look what happened ladies and gentlemen did you see that the science has changed just in time for congress to drop the mask mandate right before the state of the union address oh did it now yeah science hasn't changed at all science has been the same from the beginning but it's nice to know that they're uh their little propaganda play. I mean, they think they're so smart. Oh, yeah, we won't wear masks on, on TV with the uh, the State of the Union address because we don't want to look like idiots. Yeah, there you go. Isn't that nice that that happened right before the State of the Union address? How long do you think he lasts? Although the last time he gave an address, it seems like they injected him with something, then he went too long. It's like they upped his dose, like beyond what it was supposed to be. 
who knows? Who knows? Not exactly a a stellar year <laughs> for Joe Biden, that's for sure. But, hey, it's everybody else's fault. It's Ukraine's fault. I'm going to compile a timeline on all of the things that were inflation's fault. Because the latest reason, the only reason that we have inflation right now is because of U- Ukraine, in case you didn't know. There was no inflation before Ukraine happened, according to the Biden administration. It is all because of Ukraine. There was no record inflation before that. Just so we're clear. We'll put together a timeline of all of the things that they have said about inflation. Good God. Um, I will get... <laughs> we're talking about the, the Russia thing, and people were posting the uh, the updated uh, federal guidelines on mask wearing with nuclear war. I will get to that later, I promise. Gosh, that was good. Did you see that? Newsman Josh? Oh, man. Federal government updated their guidelines on, on how to uh, kiss your butt goodbye during a nuclear attack. So... <laughs> it's just so laughable. Uh, all right. <clears throat> uh, Eric Holcomb, the chinless hates you. I don't know how else to say it. Have you seen the COVID numbers? I mean, Congress is even dropping their mask mandate for the State of the Union address. And they're really important people, okay? They're more importanter than you. And they're still dropping their mask mandate. But Eric Holcomb is still running around with his emergency action because uh, here's the thing. I, you know, I don't know if Eric Holcomb was always like this or if Eric Holcomb got a pine cone up his butt when his mask mandate turned out not to kill COVID when he ran around celebrating that his mask mandate beat COVID and then it didn't. And he got made fun of properly for making that assertion because it was laughably stupid when he made it. And as a result, he's just decided to burn every possible bridge of sanity that he may have had. I don't know. Um, he's grown the beard out, and I appreciate that my insults of his chin have affected his self-confidence that much. But here's the thing. He still has the public health emergency declaration, and he's still refusing to get rid of it until people comply with him. So here's the story, U.S. News. Indiana legislative leaders remain intent on approving administrative steps that Governor Eric Holcomb has said are needed for him to end his statewide COVID-19 public health emergency declaration. Although that action is still caught in a debate, over whether the state should limit businesses from imposing workplace vaccination requirements. This is a guy who said, until you require all of this, like your kids get injected and everything else, until you do that, this declaration is going to stay in place. The fact that we have as little little cases of COVID as we have in this state, and it's declining all over the country, And he still says it's an emergency declaration until I say it's not. And it will be until you do what I say and make administrative changes or else this thing stays in place. No matter what COVID is actually doing is the very definition of tyrannical. And I know that there might be some of you Republicans out there that, no, Eric Holcomb's one of us. No, he's not. He isn't. He's way more in line with a moderate Democrat than he ever will be with Republicans or conservatives. 
Indiana legislative leaders' efforts to approve administrative steps that Governor Holcomb has said are necessary to end his statewide COVID public health emergency declaration remain caught in a debate over whether the state should limit businesses from imposing workplace vaccination requirements. Okay, so administrative steps have to be done in order for him to lift his emergency action, and it doesn't matter what's happening with COVID. Keep that in mind. The governor is saying, I will only lift my emergency action if you do what I say about these administrative things. Doesn't matter what COVID is doing. Doesn't matter how many cases of COVID there are or are not. Doesn't matter. I will keep this in place until you conform to what I want you to do. That's what a tyrant does. He's getting all of his notes from Gretchen Whitmer. An attempt to fast track a proposal through the legislature failed after Holcomb outlined in November his requested actions, and he has since issued three month-long renewals of the emergency declaration. Again, none of this is based on what COVID is actually doing. That's the reason I give you the current COVID numbers and the history of those COVID numbers every time he does it. The whole reason is to show you he's not acting rationally, and it's not about you, and it's not about safety. This is 100% about power and him getting everybody else to conform to what he wants done. The Republican governor said this week that he will do so again if legislative approval isn't completed by the current order's March 4th expiration. So he's saying, March 4th, I'm going to extend the emergency another month unless you do what I say. Has nothing to do with the COVID numbers, nothing to do with the COVID statistics. This is all about compliance. You will fall in line or else I will punish the entire state. That's what Eric Holcomb is saying. This is what somebody who is extremely self-conscious about them not having a chin does. That's what they do. The Republican-dominated state Senate, laughable state Senate, because they're not Republican-dominated. There are people who are registered as Republicans. There certainly aren't Republicans. The state Senate always has been a weak-kneed Democrat body in the state of Indiana. I don't care what you say. Could vote as soon as Monday on a bill that includes Holcomb's request, but without the provisions pushed by GOP House members that would force businesses to give requested religious exemptions from COVID-19 vaccine requirements without further inquiry. There shouldn't be further inquiry. It's a religious exemption. That's simple. The religious exemptions on the COVID vaccine are crystal clear. There is no doubt. Nobody is shocked or surprised at what those, those exemptions are. When people of faith come to you and say, look, I don't care if it has it in there. You used embryonic cells, you know, aborted fetal cells to develop this thing, and I don't want it in my body. That's it. The argument should be over. If you don't like them, that's fine. What makes this that much worse is that Holcomb is holding on to this as if the vaccine does anything against the previous two variants, and it clearly doesn't. Nor does it need to even work on one of them. Republican House Speaker Todd Houston. Is it Houston or Huston? Is it Huston? Maybe? Oh, sorry, Todd. I don't don't mean to be a jerk. Uh, Said Thursday that you can count on it when asked whether lawmakers would approve a bill addressing the emergency declaration by the current order's March 4th expiration. So Holcomb has sought some legal changes, which, which this will do. It will enable the state to keep receiving about, and this is what this is all about. It's all about money. 
You are being sold out by your supposed Republican governor for money. That's what this whole thing has been about. All of your stupid school mask mandates that don't mean anything. It was all about grant money. They put your children's health, your children's sanity, their psychological well-being, they put that below profit, period, end of story. And the governor of the state of Indiana is doing the same thing. And here's the worst part. Indiana doesn't need the money. We're fiscally solvent. I could see a state like California doing this. Holcomb has sought legal changes that would enable the state to keep receiving about $40 million a month in enhanced federal funding for Medicaid and for about 200,000 households to continue receiving an additional $95 a month in federal food assistance. That's what this is about. I'm not dropping the emergency. Doesn't matter what's happening with COVID because I want the additional $40 million a month that we get from federal taxpayers. That's what Holcomb is saying. Another step would let the the state health commissioner continue issuing a standing doctor's orders for the administration of COVID-19 vaccinations to children age 5 to 11. So for him to lift the emergency, got to inject your kid 5 to 11. Got to go ahead and continue to get this $40 million a month from the federal government. It's not about you. It's not about your safety. Because we already know, even the CDC is now saying that that shot for your kid, particularly a young boy, not the best idea in the world. Holcomb and the Senate GOP leaders have sided with major business groups opposing those requirements as wrongly interfering in business decisions. The current Senate proposal would require businesses to grant medical vaccine exemptions uh, to workers along with religious exemptions as required by federal law and mandates that employers accept as a vaccine exemption a worker's medical test results showing some level of natural immunity through a previous infection. Yeah, good luck getting that. I mean, that's going to be difficult enough. Holcomb said that he was anxious to end the public health declaration, which he first issued in March of 2020 but was still uh, talking with lawmakers about the bill's final form. We'll see what gets done, yada, yada. Uh, Let's see. (sighs) They go over all this other stuff. It doesn't really matter, but at the end of the day, this is is not okay. No, No part of this is okay. No part of what's happening in the state of Indiana is all right. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Just real quick, you know, I just want to finish this up since we're almost at the news break anyway. Holcomb's position here is that not only does he just want to keep getting federal taxpayer dollars and steal from taxpayers all over the rest of the country, um, not only that, okay, which ironically he's going to run on. (laughs) He's going to run a campaign, whether it's for Senate or whatever else his next move is. He's going to run on him getting all of these millions of dollars every single month from the federal government and keeping the emergency order in place in order to do it. 
regardless of what COVID does in the state. But his argument on the business vaccinations, because remember, the Senate, because they're not real conservatives or real Republicans in Indiana, the Senate, they'll pass whatever Holcomb wants. They're what you call rubber stamp yes people. They're bobbleheads. They don't have a mind of their own. They are NPCs. They're your non-playable characters in Indiana legislature. All they do is do whatever the governor tells them to do. They don't do anything else. They don't think for themselves. The House, different story. So the Indiana House wants to protect individuals who have a religious exemption from the vaccine. Holcomb's position on that, because he opposes that, Holcomb's position is that it would infringe on the rights of the company to not require the individual to get a vaccine to have a job. That's his position. Whereas his default position should be protecting the constitutional rights of the individual over a company overstepping its authority. But Holcomb's backwards. Completely backwards. Why is he completely backwards? Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce has got their hand right up his keister. And they're just moving him around like a puppet. And he's doing whatever. So he's a puppet. And then the Senate is a puppet of his. And it's kind of funny. I'm I'm, I'm going to go into details about this at some point this week. But I think it's kind of funny that some of these Republican senators who have abandoned conservative principles in the base of their party to do stuff to appease teachers unions and stuff are still getting attacked by the teachers unions. When are you going to learn they don't like you? It doesn't matter what you do. You're the enemy. So you might as well do what's right to begin with, because then at least you'll be doing what's right instead of making everybody mad at you. Right, Linda? Just say it. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel is 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. You know, I might be wrong about something. I thought that Brian Stelter might be running CNN. After that Arby's commercial thing during the Ukrainian uh, air raid sirens going off live on their their breaking coverage, and all of a sudden they broke in with the, the Arby's thing. I was convinced that that was Brian Stelter. I'm hungry, playing Arby's commercial. I'm convinced of it. So... <laughs> What has been funny about this? All right, and, and look, this is, I get that some people don't believe me. I understand that. Nobody at MSNBC counts, okay? We're not factoring anybody at that network into what we're about to say. In this industry, there are certain people, and I, I mean, radio, uh, news, you know, like newspapers and television, okay? In this industry, there are certain people that nobody takes seriously, even people on their side. All right? Brian Stelter's one of those people. Nobody takes this guy seriously. He's an idiot. He's not well-prepared. He's not very smart. I don't know how else to say this. If you follow his Twitter feed, you know exactly what I am talking about. I'm not just talking about his on-television product. This is a guy who is so detached from reality that he genuinely does not understand what is taking place around him. And so he 
periodically he posts these ridiculous questions on Twitter. Give me a single example of this happening when it happens all the time. And then he gets flooded with it and he gets embarrassed. And it's always a thing. Now, some people, here's the thing. Brian Stelter is so much of a joke. There are a lot of people who actually think this is his shtick. That this is a character that he plays. Like he's Paris Hilton. Okay. I've told you all before. Paris Hilton got famous for doing what? She did the reality show, right, Josh? That's, okay, that in the tape. But Paris Hilton got famous for those two things. And in the reality show, she plays a bumbling idiot. Paris Hilton is an extremely articulate, intelligent woman. If you have ever seen a real interview with her, you know that that was a character of hers, okay? What's the name of that show called? Her and... Uh, Ah, what's her bucket? Anyway, I don't remember the name of it. It was, you couldn't get away from it. It was was like the Kardashians before the Kardashians existed. But Paris Hilton is extremely smart. She is a, yeah, I mean, you can Google it. You'll find it in five seconds, Josh. It's driving me nuts. I can't remember that. Um, But anytime you actually listen to her have a conversation, a real one, where she's not, what? The Simple Life. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nicole Richie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. And here's the thing. I didn't believe it either until I watched an interview with her years ago. And I was like, what in the world did I just watch? Turns out she's not a moron. She's a genius. She created the character of the rich, idiot socialite. And she then made millions of dollars presenting that character to everybody else. Because she knows that people want to hate rich people. That's what she did. And she built her empire aside from her family's empire that way. But when you watch an interview with Paris Hilton, a lot of people who have never heard her talk normally will be shocked at how smart she really is. She's very, very bright. Um, I want to say she's got a degree from Harvard, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but she's, she's, yeah, she's got a degree from some really nice school. But she's just a really, really smart person who played a character, okay? She fooled everybody. There's a lot of people who think that Brian Stelter might be that guy because he's so dumb. It's not possible for him to actually be that dumb and have the job that he has. I'm not convinced of that. I tend to lean towards he's actually that stupid, but I don't know. You know, you've heard me say this a million times. For God's sakes, give me a man smart enough to make a fool of himself. That's not this dude. Okay. So Brian Stelter has been running around as if he is going to be the savior of CNN. And you've heard me do these periodic updates on this because I find it to be absolutely hysterical. There is one person at CNN who is now put on the I'm the company guy suit because they're trying so hard to get that promotion. You know that guy, like when there's a promotion in your office, you know, there's that one person who's just running around doing all the extra stuff, right? That's Brian Stelter after Zucker got fired, okay? That's this dude. Cuomo goes down. Stelter starts doing stuff. Zucker goes down. Stelter's like, oh, my gosh, I can take over everything. So he's running around just playing the part of company man, sticking up for the legacy of Zucker, sticking up for the reputation of It's Not News at CNN, sticking up for all of that, right? He's fighting that battle, and he's desperately trying to be the face of CNN so he gets the job and you've heard me say repeatedly that 
There isn't a single person in this industry who takes this guy seriously. So there's no way, no way this guy gets a promotion when Time Warner officially takes over. It's not possible, right? Not possible. I think that Brian Stelter finally realizes that I might be right. Because here's what Brian Stelter is uh, is doing. Apparently, Brian Stelter's really concerned that he's going to get fired. Yeah, he should be. Can I just say this as somebody in the media? If I go on vacation and my ratings go up, I'm at risk of losing my job. <laughs> Every time Brian Stelter leaves, this has happened to him twice now. The last two times that he has left, his ratings have increased. That's not a good sign. So he leaves, ratings go up. More people watch his show when he's not there than when he is. So now, apparently, apparently, he is really worried about losing his job. And here's why. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Chief David Zaslov has zeroed in on his choice for the next president of CNN. Uh, let's see, it was reported that star executive producer Chris Licht formerly of Morning Joe and CBS This Morning, and now the person in charge of the late show with Stephen Colbert had emerged as a top contender for the position formerly occupied by Jeff Zucker. In other news, uh, Time Warner isn't really looking at doing an upgrade. I thought they were supposed to be dedicated to getting real news people back in this thing. They go after the guy who's doing the late show with Stephen Colbert? I haven't seen his ratings lately, but they were in the tank for a while there. Anyway, um, it's now reported based on conversations with sources who have spoken directly with Zaslav that Licht is indeed the person who Zaslav is selected to run CNN. Oh, man. Now, do you think that maybe if Time Warner had picked the new person to run CNN, do you think maybe that story would have broken on, oh, I don't know, CNN? Do you think maybe, perhaps, that story not only would have broken on CNN, but also might have broken on CNN's media reporter show run by Brian Stelter, whose job it is to have these scoops, and yet it didn't? That's not a good sign. So, <laughs> uh, per John Nicosia, Stelter and his sidekick, Oliver Darcy, are looking to be reassigned. Discovery, which has now purchased the Liberal Network, is reportedly looking to dial back the partisanship of its reporters in order to reestablish some credibility with standards. Yee. So, it doesn't look good for the human potato. We're, uh, we're going to keep reporting on this, and we'll see what happens. But I'm still waiting for Chris Wallace to get something. Chris Wallace is threatening to quit like every single day since he left Fox News. Guy leaves Fox News and goes to CNN, which is already a horrible mistake. Doesn't just go to CNN, goes to CNN Plus, which absolutely nobody wants thinking somehow, some way, this is going to be a good move for him. And then Zucker and Allison Gullist go down. 
and apparently Chris Wallace is just having a nervous breakdown every single day. Uh, last last week on Tuesday, it was hysterical. It was being reported that Chris Wallace had threatened to quit twice already, and it was already Tuesday. So, or it was only Tuesday, I should say. So he's basically threatening to quit every single day. But I'll tell you what, if there's ever been an opportunity for Chris Wallace to uh, to get a promotion and get an opportunity, this would be it. We'll see if he has that reputation over at CNN. I don't know. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So many jokes on the live stream. So many jokes. I said something wrong. I said it in a way it shouldn't have been said. And the jokes are flying. Hey, a Michigan school district is spying on parents' social media posts and then reporting it to their employers. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Ah! A Michigan school district has been caught spying on the social media posts of parents and even reporting them to their employers, according to Illegal Insurrection. In light of this discovery, parents who have been reported to their to their employers are in the process of putting together a lawsuit. Good. Sue everybody. Go on offense. The parents have been critical on social media of the school district's draconian COVID policies, which require heavy masking at all times and are designed to push the vaccine jab. Uh, Robert Shaner, the superintendent of Rochester Community Schools, admitted to being scared of the potentially mean parents. He called the police on these parents because he was, quote, concerned and scared about the aggressive social media posts. Tell me this guy doesn't suck down soy lattes on a regular. The parents began organizing protests outside of school board members' homes. Shaner claimed that the parents planned to wreak havoc on him and his fellow elites. So, you're a public official, dude. Part of being a public official is people protesting at your house. And again... I don't remember anybody pitching a fit when Josh Hawley's house was being protested and they threw stuff at his window with his pregnant wife inside. The news media ignored that story. The parents' lawsuit claims that the district's public relations members, Amy DeCresh and Lori Green, spent months compiling a dossier of information on their families. They also tracked any comments critical of the school district. And then they told the cops well good i'm glad that uh, that they are going after them with a lawsuit there was no actual threats that were made nobody was harmed so parents you need to fight back but you also have to be aware that this stuff is probably happening in our community too we got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Um, so we just saw the video of the teacher at Jimtown who smacked the student. And I am going to be perfectly honest with you. It is a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. Now, you're already in dicey territory anytime you lay your hand on a kid, but there are, there are times where you've heard me defend school faculty 
for having to use force to defend themselves or defend somebody else or what have you. This kid was not a threat to anybody and was not in the classroom and was walking away. Um, now, when I posted the story that MNC put up on, on 953MNC.com, I just linked to it, and there are um, some speculations to, you know, what happened and that sort of thing, and uh, there were some people saying that, hey, you know, it, yee, uh, the kid was being unruly and was doing some stuff and everything else. Okay, so in my mind, I'm like, all right, maybe there is more to the story, right? You know, in this business, you kind of learn that that tends to be the case. Um, the I want to get I want to get the parents of this kid on the show once they have legal counsel, because you need legal counsel. So, the parents of this this child, this student over at Jimtown, I would like to interview you after you get legal counsel. Okay, I would love to have you on the show and get your story about what happened here. But wow. Um, so there's a part of me after hearing what some people are saying, hey, there's more to it. Okay, I've been in this situation before and I have broken stories before where I was the only media outlet that covered it and there was more to the story. So there's a part of me is going, all right, go we'll hang out. A video just came out, man. They just released the video and I. There is zero justification for what I just saw. And if if I'm going to put the video in the Daily Show prep, don't worry. I know that this is the, the radio show and not the stream that I do earlier in the day. I will probably cover this tomorrow on tomorrow's early show. So for those of you who watch the other show on Rumble uh, between 10 and 12, this is this is bad. And some of the people who are like, hey, there's more to the story on my Facebook page who are now seeing the video and going, yeah, no, this is bad. Um, the kid is out of the classroom and going down the hallway, and the teacher chases him down the hallway, catches up to him, turns him to the, the wall, puts his finger in his face, and then decks the kid. And we're not talking about like a little like, I'm a parent and I'm disciplining my child slap. We're talking about a, I'm open hand punching you. And bouncing the kid's cranium off of the cinder block wall. That's what I just saw. That's what I just witnessed. And we have watched it, I don't know, four or five times in the studio here. Is there any angle that I am missing, Newsman Josh, where this seems like this was at all okay? I know that you're not supposed to give your opinion on the show, but I'm asking. Holy smokes. And they take like three steps where he grabs the kid by the arm. They take like three steps. Kid collapses to the ground holding his head. And the teacher looks to me in the video like they're going, oh, yeah, you're going to cry now or something like that. And he just kind of walks away like the kid is faking it. Um, that kid was not faking that. There is no amount of any justification for this that I could ever possibly justify the actions of this teacher. So, we have officially established that this was not justified. So prepare to be outraged. You, you're, you're probably already mad that a teacher hit a kid, right? 
But as people are pointing out the teacher is not small. Uh, teacher is a is he's he's like twice as big as this kid, and he just whacks him. He just whacks him. I don't know how else to say it. The still images show you everything. His arm is fully extended, and that kid's head is at a 45-degree angle, and it is hitting the wall. So he hit the kid, and the kid's head bounces off of the wall behind him. I mean, just somebody was in the studio and said, Casey, what would your reaction be? I'm like, this guy's vehicle would have been disabled at the end of the day, and he would have found me outside, and he would not have had a good time. That's all there is to it. This guy would be in the hospital so fast if he had done this to my kid. And if you are in any way, shape, or form associated with this man, pray that this kid's parents don't find him. Dozens of students walked out of Jimtown High School today in support of a former teacher. As WSBT 22 first reported, uh, Mike Hosinski was banned from school property on Friday for reportedly slapping a student. In a Friday afternoon news release, Superintendent Byron Sanders said the teacher, Mike Hosinski, is no longer employed by Bago Community Schools and is not permitted to school grounds. Any action that threatens to harm any student will be quickly, directly, and severely addressed. Then, over the weekend, Superintendent Sanders provided another news release stating that immediately following the Friday incident, Hosinski submitted his intention to retire. That news release indicated that in January, he submitted his request to retire in June to the Bago Community School Board. So now the superintendent says that he's not fired. What? This investigation is still ongoing. The standard procedure prohibits any school employee from returning to school grounds during an investigation of criminal or civil misconduct. Uh, Wow. SBT spoke with a student today who said that she was shocked about the incident as the teacher has been nothing but kind. Look, I'm willing to, I know the name. I don't know that I've ever met the man, but I know the name. Um, I'm willing to bet he's probably a really nice guy. He lost it. And you can't lose it like that. Now, there's a Bago Community School Board meeting tonight where it is expected that board members will discuss if Hosinski's early retirement will be approved. Listen, I'm going to make this abundantly clear. If any of you or if I had done what's in that video, we would be behind bars. There wouldn't be an option to retire and keep all of our benefits and everything else. None of that would happen with any of us. This guy would 100%, 100% be behind bars if he wasn't who he is. And I was I was willing to accept that there might be some other information out there. I don't know that there's anything that could change my mind about this now. After seeing that video, I don't know. But I'll give it a try. 574 25 95 95 3. That is 2595 953. Lisa, welcome to the program. I can't hear her. Hold on a second, Lisa. There you go. All right, we got you. Lisa, go ahead. Yes, hi. I have inside information. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say from where. Okay. But. Um, from what I've been told from very reliable sources, 
this boy has been in trouble multiple, multiple times. I cannot give the accurate number. I forget what it is. 20 to 30 maybe suspensions that he's had over the last year or two. He transferred to another school. I won't say which one for, I believe, a semester who then had been kicked out, I believe, from that school, went back to Jimtown and was there, I believe, one day. And he would constantly use offensive language to all of the teachers. Very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. The teachers would please ask him to follow the dress code. From my understanding, that's what the issue was. He had his hoodie up. The policy is to not have the hoodie on the head. Okay. He asked him to take it down multiple times, and I guess he did not. He told him to go to the principal's office. My understanding, I, I, you know, this is hearsay, but this is what I've been told, that he went to the principal's office, came back, and he told him to leave the classroom. He said a few choice words to the teacher and walked out. Mm-hmm. that's when a teacher followed him out and that's when the incident occurred. Okay. I'm willing so to believe, I'm willing to believe all of that because we certainly know the kids can be like this. We totally right. get that. I don't know how you justify chasing the kid down and doing what he did though. I really don't. I agree. I, I agree. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm willing to accept that this kid is, has been a problem. I don't know for sure, but you're not the first person who has reached out to me and said, Hey, this kid's a problem. But when the video came, that's why I was holding back on talking about the story. But when I just saw that video, I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's like he hit the kid hard. Holy smokes. Right. And I don't know. I haven't seen any of that. I don't know about that part. I do Oof. know that this man is very nice, sweet, gentle. He had to be pushed over the edge for this to happen. That very this well, very could, that very well could be. So I would encourage you to watch the video. I don't know if it'll change your perspective. It has changed some people's perspectives. But I'm willing to accept everything that you've said as as being true, based on what I know. Um, I'm willing right. to accept that. But I just don't know how you, I, I, you how do you, look, I, I'm, here's the thing. If I would be arrested, he should be. I understand that. I agree. But my point, too, to this is why are you allowing this child to come back into an environment that would cause a teacher to react. Hundred percent agree with you. Be put through yeah. that. This is, and this has been the problem with, like, when we talk about education, we talk about problems in the classroom and things of that nature. Um, a lot of teachers take it personally, and one of the reasons that they take it personally is because of exactly what you're saying. Faculty and administration don't do anything to give the teachers the tools to get kids who are problematic out of the classroom, and then Correct. you get into a situation where it blows up. Maybe something like this happens. Maybe the kid attacks another student. Maybe the kid attacks uh, another teacher. There's a disruption. Nobody learns anything. I would agree with you 110% on that without a doubt. That's got to change. I agree. Now, and and here's the, like, I know a lot of people at Jimtown. I love Jimtown. It is, I've had nothing but great experiences at Jimtown. If my kids ever end up back in the public system, I I would assume that they would probably be in Bago. But I don't know how you justify this, man. But I, I, I'm willing to accept that he probably pushed this teacher beyond his limits. I am. But 
that is something that the the administration in that school has got to do to protect teachers from getting there. They're human beings too, and they right. have a breaking point. Exactly. Yeah, they have right. a breaking point. Holy well, smokes! If you have another moment, real quick, sure. I do know that they had a uh, peaceful protest of students walking out, I, and they walked out in support of the teacher. Out. Yep, I, I yeah. saw that. Yep, that was uh, that okay. was being reported too. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. That All just right. goes to show how loved this teacher is. That and that that that's, gives credibility to what, what you're saying. Had. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh my word! Holy smokes! All right. If the kid is that bad, maybe I take back my comments about their parents previously. If their kid is actually that bad, okay. So let me just dial it down just a little bit. I tend to get emotional about this stuff as a parent. So we're going to take more of your phone calls on this coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. There's a woman in the video who did not see the hit, but saw him grabbing him afterwards, and then the kid fell down. Oh. Okay. I don't I don't know this teacher. I know the name. I don't know how I know the name, but I don't know the teacher. Um I you chase after a student in the hallway and you hit him that way and you let your your anger blow over in a rage like that that's that's not good now i will agree with the last caller because we talked about it quite a bit that if you do have a problem student i don't know anything about this student okay but if you do have a problem student one of the the problems with public education right now is that teachers can't get them out of the classroom the administration just wants them in the classroom no matter what i've told the story before uh, me and one of my high school english teachers hated each other knockout drag out arguments and screaming matches all the time, and all I did was request to go to a different English class. The school wouldn't do it. So that screwed up her day. That screwed up my day uh, for every day for the rest of the school year. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how that went. And it was an easily resolvable situation. You know, um, she was an imbecile. I called her on it, and that was it. You know, it, it's, I, man, this does not look good. It does not look good. But now, a situation that would have landed any of us in jail, this is where I get kind of concerned for the taxpayer here, a situation that would have landed any of us in jail now might end in you all paying this guy's retirement based on the school board meeting tonight. I don't know that I like that either. 574-2595-953. Angie, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi. Thanks for having me, Casey. Sure. So I have a, a couple points, I guess, that I want to make. The first is I'm, I'm a mother of five kids, um, and regardless of how um, defiant my kids would be in the classroom, first of all, they'd never be like that. But if they were that bad that they were getting in trouble that much, the administration needs to step in and do something. It's, yeah. it, it shouldn't be on the teacher, but the fact that they didn't and that he wasn't able to control his actions is is the main issue right now. I mean, had he just let the kid go and took it up with, you know, the administration, it might be a different story. But the fact that he, as an adult, put his hands on a minor is he, he chased him unacceptable. He chased him down a hallway and a half. 
Right. I mean, down the hallway, I mean, around a corner. corner. Yeah, it's right. and and this is the thing. In the last caller said that she hadn't seen the video yet, and I'm telling you right now, the video changed my perspective on this. I was willing to give all sides kind of you know a say here because I've covered stories like this where it's been misreported, teachers have been falsely accused of stuff, uh, or right. it was a self defense situation or what have you. I don't know how you justify a kid walking no. away and chasing them down and doing this. And and I guess the the, the examples that I would use are. If somebody, if somebody breaks into your house, you say, I have a gun, and they turn and they leave, you can't get in your car and go hunt them down. Right. And, and you can't claim castle in a lot of places either. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, the kid's gone. The kid's leaving. He might, maybe, I don't know the kid. He might have been a jerk. I don't know. But the teacher clearly lost his temper. So the that's force, my other point, too, is that if the kid is that bad, he needs intervention, not discipline at this point. I mean, yeah, he needs some yeah. serious help. Yeah, and if he was really that big of a problem, you know, perhaps the teacher has a say with, you know, how the faculty administration handled it, I should say. But um, the sheer force with which he hit this kid, this is not like a, I'm a parent, you know, slapping my kid's mouth to... to His head was bouncing off it, the wall. He turned him sight. He hit him. He extended his arm fully, by the way. The, right. the, gr- the man did. Turned the kid sideways, and his head bounced off of the cinder blocks. I don't right. know how you make that any more clear. When people see the video, I think their perspective might be altered from what they were looking at before. I mean, um, if it was a domestic situation, somebody would be going to jail, like you said. If, if he was wasn't a us. teacher, 100%. If he wasn't a teacher, this dude's in, in jail right now. There's no right. debate about that. that. That's just a reality. He's lucky if he just loses his job and loses his retirement. I guess my concern is that if these are if he's a teacher and he's supposed to be protecting our kids and he's being held to a different standard because he's a teacher, I, I don't I'm not understanding yeah. that. Like how is that acceptable? I, I agree with you. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. Yeah, Bye-bye. it's we've we've told the stories before. These teachers have these inappropriate relationships with students and stuff and they just get moved to other schools and then they do it again. And everybody acts like super shocked. I know that this is a situation that's different. I'm just saying that oftentimes teachers or faculty members at schools get away, coaches get away with doing things that you and I would clearly go to jail over. This was not okay. I don't know what happened between them, but what I saw just happen with that teacher was not all right. I'll take more of your phone calls coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Uh, let's see. MNC News Time is 532. Time to impress with Impress Jewelry Creations at ImpressJewelers.com. Now, I mean, I just, I want to be crystal clear. I think I know why I know his name. I think I defended him uh, against the atheist group uh, a couple of years ago who wanted to, like, sue him in the school because of him uh, talking about his beliefs in class or something like that. Um, so I'd seem I'd probably know the name because of that. Uh, he is a he is a former teacher of the year over at Jimtown. Um, he's got a there's well not he but there's a GoFundMe, not a GoFundMe sorry Change.org petition to save his retirement. Their goal is fifteen hundred signatures. They have nearly thirteen hundred. There's a lot of parents who had him as their kid's teacher who like him. Uh, okay. I'm willing to bet he's probably a, a good dude, good teacher who lost it. And uh, I think we're all kind of agreeing on the live stream that the best comment 
was that if the rumors of this kid's behavior are true, if they are true, and I don't know if the rumor of this kid's behavior are true, then the school administration failed the child and the teacher. And I think that that is probably true if some of the other rumors are true. And I don't know that they are, okay? I don't know anything about this kid. Uh, But I have heard some rumors that there was some issues inside that classroom that day, but when I saw the video, it just, it did. It changed my perspective. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sure that there's, you know, the newspaper is making this about his politics and all of that stuff, and that seems like character assassination to me, but I digress. To the phone lines we go. Rich, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Uh, I want to say one thing. Um, I'm going to go against the tide a little bit and go back to the Ukraine thing. Uh, my dad was in World War II, and I read a lot of books about World War II, and all through all these books that I read, they hardly give Russia any credit for World War II. They, when they do give them credit, it's not half as what they should give them credit. But lately, in the past 10 years, they've been coming out with more books like uh, Russia's Heroes, Stalingrad, Leningrad. Mm-hmm. Those books are awesome. People should read them. And I, um, I'm of the opinion that uh, he, I don't really think he's quite the monster that he's being made out. He just loves the motherland so much, and he wants to get back what has been taken from him. And, uh, of course, I don't agree with the, all the way he does everything, but, but he's not really a monster. He just loves the motherland. He's a typical old-school type guy. And uh, so I just, okay. And I All right, so Rich, much- appreciate it. But here's a real question: Did Putin hit a child on camera the way that we just saw? That's the that's the real question. I did a breakdown on why I think that uh, the situation in Russia has happened and and uh, why the attack on Ukraine happened. I did that for the earlier show today. You can go to Rumble.com/slash Casey the host and watch that show. We got more coming up. Ninety-five-three MNC. I don't have much time, so I'm going to try and take a last phone call or two on the situation in Jim. I did not plan on talking about this today. I was waiting until I got more information, and then the video came out. And we saw the uh, video of the Jimtown teacher hitting the kid, and the video is pretty compelling. I, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to watch it before you form an opinion, because uh, I think it will dramatically help you form an opinion. Would that be a fair assessment? There, Josh? Yeah, okay. Uh, Megan, welcome to the program. Hello, Megan. Hi. Hi there. Yes, I'm here. What's on your mind? Um, Well, I'm a teacher, and uh, I've dealt with this situation before. I've I've done multiple different levels. I'm just based on what you've said. I haven't seen the video. I'm appalled. I'm absolutely appalled that that would even happen. Um, But this happens a lot. And especially now after this whole pandemic thing, mm-hmm. these kids are, they're in a bad place. They really are. And, you know, my school, we have like 1,400 kids. We have one social worker and she is doing the best she can. But we, it just brings to light how, how badly these schools need services. I mean, whatever was going on with that kid, you know, whatever. I mean, oh God, I can tell you thousands of different reasons why possibly that kid walked out. Yeah. But and that's if the, the rumors time. are true. And, and to be fair, I don't know. Right. It's, yeah. Right. I mean, because it does, it, it, I can tell you right now, it happens to me a lot. And you just, you have to be like you, I think you said something about, you basically have to be the adult. Like, 
you know, you call security, you call somebody to meet up with the kid and get him to where he needs to be. He might need to talk to somebody. He might, you know, need to address that. Like you said, too, you might not just get along. It happens. Yeah, it happens. And schools have got to. I have a problem with it. Yeah, schools have got to adapt and they've got to be able to separate two people just don't get along. They have to. And the right, and the sad reality is, I mean, um, you know, I know nothing about this person. Ten um, seconds. It, I don't know. I I just think it, it's shocking, and we have to start addressing getting these services in and start addressing both go. sides of the stress. Here. Megan, I appreciate it. I got to run, but thank you so much for the call. Thanks. And you know, look, I maybe this starts a conversation. If nothing else, I don't know. Y'all have a wonderful night. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow.